What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 281 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We are here on a Saturday morning because, Tom, we are doing this thing. We watched live content this weekend so far with round one in the books, and oh, oh is it something. Yeah, um, I came to you with the idea that we wanted to do more content. Um, I wouldn't really call this a pivot because we're going to continue to do Monday rundowns for our normal sports. And when football rolls around, we're going to continue to do Wednesday football um, or a combination of some sort. But I want this is more an add-on. Uh, I felt like you and I, let's put our biases to the side and let's try and serve a very underserved market here. Um, and actually talk about live, give our honest opinions. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I'm going to try and boil down and get rid of all of the bullshit around it. I think we can talk about it and make fun of it, but actually talk about the golf. Um, just, I feel like nobody's talking about it. And this is uh, a way for us to do some shorter episodes and get more content out there. No, I agree. I thought it was a good idea when you came to me with it. Um, you know, I, I have mixed feelings predominantly due to the fact that you know, who is backing this, this league and, you know, the blood money and all well, that, we that both we've talked do. about extensively on the podcast, right? With, but we're going to put that aside because at the end of the day, and we've talked about this in the past, this is not revisionist history or us, you know, making a pivot in any way, shape or form. These are some of the best golfers in the world. These are guys that were perennially winning PGA tour events and, and major tournaments and, and have some of the most pedigree in modern day golf. They just happen to have, you know, and, you know, left the PGA and, and are now playing in this league, but we're going to give it the attention it deserves because I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about it, don't want to talk about it, and have pre-obligations to players and the PGA uh, tour itself. 100% agree. Um, we're going to put our biases aside and try and talk about this. Let's just talk about, because this is the first time you ever watched Lived. Uh, this is the first time I've really ever watched more than a minute of it on YouTube. Um so we won't do this every time when we recap the rounds, but I just want you to – I want to both talk about our opinions about the tournament and the venue and everything as a whole um, just to get that out of the way. Uh, first of all, I want to just go out there and say it was corny as fuck. Of course. Yeah, I mean I asked you, you know, lift, lift up the curtain a little bit. I asked you before we started recording and turned the mics on like – I'm hearing music in the background. I didn't have an opportunity to watch the first round live, but I did watch the highlights and there's music playing. And I'm like, is that just cut into the highlights? Like, you know, a lot of these like, you know, sports highlights, YouTube videos are, and you're like, Oh no, dude, there's a full DJ. Cause I was hearing like Dua Lipa and black eyed peas. I was like, what the yep. fuck's going on? So there's that for the first 20, I watched about 20 minutes of the actual tournament before I pulled up the highlights and watched a bunch on YouTube this morning to get ready for this. And yeah, they, they pan over to the DJ a lot. Um, it's supposed to be like kind of a party party element to it. It's very interesting. Um, you know, it, it definitely shatters the mold. We are a couple weeks removed from the party that is the waste management on the PGA Tour, where very unconventional things happen. And you have, you know, 400,000 people getting absolutely plastered at 10 a.m. And you got the 16th hole and all that shit. That'll be us. And That'll be us. Uh, I can't fucking wait for that. Um, although you will have to see if I can actually make it past like 1 p.m. out there with the sun and the, and True, the drink. The sun. But, it's a, yeah, I think it's a know. dangerous combo out there. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm a ginger, right? Um, but 
Yeah, it's definitely interesting hearing the DJ component. That was something I was not expecting. Yeah, the DJ was was it's pretty brutal. And KVV, I finally listened to that pod that you told me to listen to, put it perfectly, I think, where he said it's it's really not working and it's thrown together and I'm going to talk about uh kind of the the upper management and whatnot and the CEO Greg Norman the world's clown a little bit before we get into the round as well and he said it so well he said if it was less serious or way more serious it would fit a niche so much better because if it was less serious and it was like oh we're just you know they changed the formats and they played scrambles and they just fucked around and you know had it had a true hit and giggle and and nobody cared i think that that would open it up to a broader audience and then if they really dialed in and got serious and and just treated it like one of the most important golf tournaments in the world. I think the golf sickos would really get into it just for the amount of money that they're playing for. But they're like right in the middle where it's like you guys are playing for bigger purses than pretty much any tournament on the PGA Tour every single time you go out there. Um, and, and you're also getting paid on salary, but then also there's a fucking DJ in the background and you guys have the ugliest, corniest logos that were made on Microsoft clip art. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just, it's right. It's just, it's, it's like, I like to say it's half pregnant. It wants to be a serious league, but at the same time, it wants to be a laid back league. And, and for me, it's just like. Being right in the middle just really, you know, I, I watched Tom versus Time and that coach said, you know, it, it's it's a little bit morbid, but it's like you can't be taint. It's either ass or ass or pussy. You can't be taint. Don't be in the middle. Yeah. Um, it, we use Canva at work to do a lot of our like marketing tools and for our newsletters and whatnot. And I felt like a lot of the marketing stuff was just pulled from that. I'm like, yeah, I could have done that if you gave me two hours at work to, to <laughs> put that together. Um, it, it definitely – here's the thing that I have – I was really trying to put myself in this thought process because we are kind of at this point where sports that we know have tried a lot of different ways to reinvigorate different sectors of the fan base right so you've got baseball they introduced the world baseball classic in 2006 kind of making it like their their version of the olympics or their version of the world cup or or you know the FIBA world cup anything of that nature right where you get countries playing against each other and the first couple of years of that were not all that great but 2017 the last year they had it was fucking iconic and they were about to do it again this march and some baseball fans don't like it. You know, it takes away from the players at spring training. You're supposed to have the allegiance to the team that pays you, not to this tournament. Um, we have the a couple iterations of the XFL. We had the AAF. Now we've got the XFL and the USFL. And I kind of got the sense, I don't know if you agree with me, but Liv kind of felt gimmicky like that, where if I love football, which I do, I might give a sneak peek to this XFL, even if I don't know the players. The only difference with Liv is we know these players. We know them from playing, like I said, these major events and winning major events. But seeing them in this setting just feels kind of weird. It feels very gimmicky. It feels like they're not taking it 100% seriously because the whole point of the PGA Tour is to win this tournament for the notoriety and the prestige, but also the purse. When you're getting paid $54 million or $185 million, 
and then there's an extra bonus. It's like, what's really the incentive other than to just fuck around a little bit on a golf course, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think the other over overlying aspect to it is that you mentioned the World Baseball Classic and the XFL um, and, and the NBA has the FIBA um, and, and obviously the Olympics and all those things are cool, but they're all kind of ancillary pieces and they they come and go. And like for the XFL, as an example, the XFL is trying to be basically the minor leagues of football. They're playing when the f- NFL is o- season is over. They're not trying to compete with the NFL directly. They're not trying like Aaron Rodgers is not going to go play in the XFL. Um, no. Things like things like that nature. Whereas this live golf is truly the only league in a very long time that's straight up playing the same time the PGA Tour is being played, taking very good players to players that are major winners from the PGA Tour and trying to actually beat the PGA Tour. These All these other things are trying to enhance the game. This is not trying to grow the game or whatever, like they're saying. They're just trying to take over. Well, that's why we laughed at it from the get-go. And they said, don't, don't play us like fools. Don't talk to us like we're idiots. We... We know why you took the money. DJ was was the one respectable guy where it was like, you know, respectable from the sense of he didn't lie to us and try to, you know, play these reindeer games. Did you see that on full swing? Did that come up yet? Not yet. I'm only two episodes in and we'll recap those. He made a uh, very he made a on. very good point. Um and I actually found myself respecting DJ a lot more when you see the point that he does make. You mentioned that when you gave your thoughts on full yeah. swing. A I mean, he just straight up said he didn't say anything about growing the game or any of that bullshit. He said, I get to play less golf and make more money and be with my family more and, and not have to work as much. Who wouldn't take that? And it's like, oh, exactly. honesty. I, I love it. Yeah, we, we compared that to the to the free agent that goes and signs with a, a second division team, you know, mid-market team. And we they say, well, you know, I want to bring a World Series to, you know, Arlington, Texas. Let's use DeGrom, for example. It's like, no, you took what they were going to offer you and nobody else would. And that's those are the things that just make us turn our heads and just go, OK, like, cool, dude. Thanks for that. Obviously, no, like these guys took generational, multi-generational wealth. And they don't have to play as hard, and it's not going to be as big of a deal. They're not trying to grow the game. PGA purists, I told you what my dad said to me when I talked to him on the phone about a month ago. He'll maybe stumble upon it because he knows the players. That is the one advantage Liv has that the other examples that I brought up maybe don't, right? In the XFL, like you said, Aaron Rodgers not playing in that league. Some of the NFL players. Maybe you recognize a couple dudes from college, but the only reason you recognize them is because you were thinking maybe they'd go drafted and they didn't. Um, in this case, you're, you're dealing with some of the best players in the world, and they couldn't feel, at least from the highlights that I watched, it was like 17 minutes long, they couldn't have felt further away from what they were in last, as recently as last year. Not at all. Uh, a few other takeaways before we get into the round. I thought DJ looked a little happy, fat and happy, which is okay uh, because he dominated and he looked incre- like super dialed and like he could just go out and win a major tomorrow. Phil looks manic, but he has for a long time. Um, and then I, I just couldn't help but feeling sad. And I didn't really care about most of the players that went over there because they were past their prime or whatnot. Even DJ, it was like, okay. His best years are behind him. I would like to see him on tour. The three players that really stood out to me that I 
am super crushed that the PGA Tour wasn't able to hold on to was Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, and Abe Answer. Those are three young guys that one has a major, the other two look poised to win a major at some point in their careers. And they haven't even come close to their prime yet, and now they're gone. And by the way, Cam Smith scrambled his tits off in this in this event from watching the mat, from watching it and watching the highlights. Yeah, it is a shame. Uh, those are the players that you were hoping were going to have a long and prosperous career in the PGA, uh, win a couple tournaments, have fans fall in love with the way that you know we've talked about this being a golden age for golf with the players and the personalities and the access and their willingness for the most part to uh to put themselves out there and and just the level of talent that they have and it is a shame that guys you know okay maybe you do have your phils and your kepkas who've won plenty and been around a bit and djs that aren't still around and chasing majors but yeah those younger guys those are the ones you hate to lose yeah um and then you know the other thing i just want to talk about quickly is the greg norman thing I mean, I, I get that this is a different business than pretty much anything we've ever seen because the PGA Tour, even though they're a nonprofit, they're there to make – they don't have the Saudi backers. The, any any league or any business doesn't come in with a free runway of cash. So this league is a little different to where they'll just throw money at the wall and they don't care. But he's doing such a terrible job running the thing. Did you see him come out on the bicycle? On the bicycle, I wish yes. he fell off and broke his head. And I love my face. My favorite part was the commentator saying, ah, there's our commander in chief. I was like, whoa, my God. He's a fucking idiot. I mean, he tried to do this back in back in the early 90s as well. Um, But for me, it's like I'm just going to give one example of how fucked up this league is, is that KVV talked about this as well. Bryson DeChambeau has been with Cobra since the early beginning of his career coming out of uh, Southern Methodist University. Um, and Cobra dropped him. And the reason why they dropped him, and by the way, back when he was going through the putting on a million pounds and trying to find the right driver to hit it as far as he can, as straight as he can. And even through him shit talking the driver and the Cobra guy going back at him saying, this is a joke. We've done everything for you. We've made a million changes, whatever. And all he does is bitch. The, the reason why Cobra dropped Bryson DeChambeau was because Cobra reached out repeatedly to Live Golf and wanted to find out if they could use clips of Bryson playing in Live with, obviously, Cobra clubs in order to market themselves. And not only did Live not say no, they just never got back to them, which is just terrible oh, that's business. Awful. That's a joke. You're trying to grow a league, and one of the biggest club companies in the world wants to use some of your clips that somebody that's a Cobra fan or a Ricky Fowler fan who's with Cobra as well or whomever wants to might see and then end up watching Live. Um, you're just going to ignore them? Like That's such a terrible look. And I honestly feel for Bryson in this situation because it's not his fault. No, it's not his fault, but but well, it's not his fault immediately, but it is his fault knowing who his boss is. Of course, of sure, course, right? It just goes to show the laissez-faire of this league and flying by the seat of their pants and just whatever. We don't care because we'll just throw more money at it. It's like I'd love to get into their books and take a look at how much. I want to know how. I know that they're in the red. I just want to know how in the red that they are. Oh yeah, but we've we but this is another thing that we've talked about, man. It's this is sports washing. The whole impotence of this league and of this 
you know, culmination of players and, you know, throwing this shit together and, and now, you know, slowly but surely putting together a schedule and acquiring more players. It's all done because the Saudi government wants to distract everybody from what the hell they do and what the hell they're about. Yep. And sports washing has been a part of the world forever, going back to the early Olympics. So With Germany and whatnot. Yeah, so this this is this is what they're doing. This is who runs this league, and these guys signed up for it. Uh, I have a little bit of sympathy in regards of yeah that Cobra example that you mentioned, but hey, Bryson, you knew what you were doing, man. You you no longer work for yourself. I guess yeah. is what I'm getting at. The other thing I picked up on outside of the golf is that it's very interesting to see all the sponsors that have dropped these guys because if you look at Cam Smith, he's still wearing. Uh, a shirt that has his team, whatever the name of the team is, um, logo. I'll get the team name just because we're trying to take it serious, right? So I'll give you the fucking team name here. Uh, the Rippers uh, on the side of his shirt. But the rest of the golf, because he has uh, a shirt sponsor as well as Penguin and Citibank, all this is his sponsors, so they're still on the shirt. But... If you look at like guys like DJ and whatnot, they're just wearing plain old T-shirts with their with their team logos on it, and it's interesting because Taylor May dropped DJ as well. Yeah. No, I mean I, that was something I picked up on too because I was trying to get a sense of you know what the attire was as a person who loves golf attire, even though I don't get out on the links. My hypocritical self will call myself out. I was very interested in the attire and yeah a lot of a lot of the same kind of shirts with the logos of the teams the goofy team names um yeah it just didn't it just feels very gimmicky it's kind of like the jerseys once again i'll go back to my xfl example you know they're not getting these great iconic jerseys they're kind of getting ones that you look like any generic commercial would use to advertise football players yeah, of course. I mean, and that's the other thing. It's very hard to start a league in, in this era just because there's the whole point of these, you know, the major sports leagues is there's so much history and you just don't have that. And that's one of the major reasons why everybody watches. Um, let's talk about the course. Um, how did you feel about the course? I want to hear your thoughts before I give mine to see if you picked up on anything. Well, my Kova was gorgeous. Um, absolutely pristine, gorgeous. Um, as far as the course itself, you know, just looking at it, it looked like the greens were, some of the greens were really, really small. Uh, trying to remember the one I saw, but it was a kind of like a kidney shaped green. Um, but no, it looked super manicured, looked really, really nice. I don't know the history of the course. I don't know how many events have been played on the course that are worth worth note. Uh, you can educate me on that, but just from my very, very novice eye, it, it looked beautiful. It did look beautiful, but as a person who's played golf before and I've watched a lot of PGA, and I'm going to say this as a, we're going to say reporter or whatnot, I know I suck at golf, so I'm not going to, that's not my job. So I'm just going to go out there and say, even if I played from the whites, I'd probably, on a course like that, I'd probably still shoot 100, whatever. But for a professional golfer, it looks so easy. All front pins. All front pins. Sean, you watch the highlights. How many, all the greens, I know they were small, some of them, but all the greens were so fucking flat. No undulation. Every putt looked perfectly straight. I've never seen, even just watching the highlights, I've never seen so many 10, 20, 30 footers just going stone dead, easy, right down the middle. I'm glad you mentioned that part. So that was something that I did make a mental note of. 
some of these putts were being drained from long, long distance, and that I'm not used to seeing. No, because they're they're easy pins. The pin placement is is usually easy. There's nothing really. The rough was mowed down so that you could get out of the rough, and it wouldn't be a penalty really to be. In. The only time that you're really penalized, it seems like at this event, was if you were like Cam Smith when he had to hit it from like a mountain or something that he was standing on, or like. I think Abe Answer or one of those guys was stuck like basically almost it almost rolled into the hazard like okay fine that's a tough shot nice up and down but like the rough you could still get to the pin from there the fairways were super flat everything was a flat lie and then on the putting surface like I said they're making more 30 footers than I've ever seen in my life I thought it was I thought it was CGI truly I thought it was a joke <laughs> like they're making everything and it's just because everything is a flat straight putt with like no break in it at all and it just seemed like they made it super easy and if you put like a couple of like the scoring just you know like guys that are Paul Jason Kokrak and Paul Casey like if they went out on the tour today and played the Honda they'd probably be plus three but they're minus six okay so let me let me dissect that a little bit and ask you some questions uh just getting your perspective on it this I would assume was done relatively intentionally. Oh is yeah. It for the, is it for the reason where the casual fan, let's just use that quote, whether we agree that that's the audience or not is looking and wanting to see these great players hit these incredible shots that you're not getting on the PGA tour. Yeah. I, I just think that they're making it easier for them because it, you're right. It is for the casual fan. It truly is because Somebody that plays golf and I watch golf a ton, I don't appreciate those shots because I'm like, I, I you're a professional. I, you're supposed, it's a hit and giggle. Basically, you're supposed to make those. I appreciate more when I'm watching a U.S. Open and there's a death bunker and somehow um, Matthew Fitzpatrick gets out of it and holes out on the last hole. Um, and I know how difficult that shot is. These, it's like I probably could have done that. Yeah, but I, it is guess, it is attractive for someone that doesn't know, aka the casual fan, where you're just like, oh my god, another long putt, blah blah blah. But I'm looking at it from the perspective of like, yeah, no shit, the greens are there's nothing to the greens, they're completely flat. Well, let's use this analogy. You know what it would be like? It would be like somebody who's never watched baseball, doesn't understand how commonplace the home run is in today's game. And used a stadium for left-handers that was like Yankee Stadium and used for right-handers like Fenway. And was and you just see these balls going, you know, up off the, like, you know, into the third deck or all the way onto Lansdowne Street, swing after swing. And be like, isn't that incredible? It's like, okay, well, let's go do this in the Oakland Coliseum or out in Safeco and, and see how that would look, right? Yep, that's a very good analogy. It's just everything is kind of dialed dialed back. Um, and it made a lot easier for these players in order to, to up scoring. Um, so do yeah. you think that this is going to be a commonplace yeah. for the tournaments and Absolutely. every course on, on this tour? I don't think they're going to make it that difficult. Maybe the championship round or whatever, they'll make it, they'll make it more difficult. But it, it, from, from what I can see, nothing of this is going to change because they're not organized enough for it to change. They're just going to stick the, the easy pins in there the the pro am pins or whatever you want to call them where it's just like right right in the middle of the flat spot 
not near the edges anywhere. You're not going to have any tough shots. And as long as you hit it in the fairway and then you hit it in the green, worst case, you have a two putt, but you're probably going to make birdie. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was something that had crossed my mind in terms of the ease in which these guys were hitting these really, really long putts. Uh, so many shots, too, were laying up five feet, six feet of the hole. Um, what else did you take away from just the golf perspective of this? Uh, the golf perspective, uh, Kokrak just literally couldn't miss. Like he hit every single putt there was on an easy course. He was hitting putts from like off the green and whatnot. Just he had himself a day. I don't think he's going to be able to hold on. I, I think DJ's going to win this tournament. He just looks as dialed as dialed could be. I'm going to have to look out for DJ in one of these majors coming up because they have announced that if you're eligible, all four majors are going to let you play in them this year. Um, so I'm going to have to put a tick next to his name, and he might be in my foursome for one of these majors. And and I took away the fact that I just think that it looks too easy for DJ out there. It's like a man amongst boys. It's it's as if you took Wilt Chamberlain in his prime and put him in a high school basketball game. That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> Our analogies are on point today. Um yeah, I mean, DJ, I mean, we know what he's been in his career. He's been as good as it gets uh, for a really, really long time. Um, I want to ask you a question about the leaderboards and what to pay attention to. So in a traditional leaderboard, you're only looking at players. There are no teams. In this, you've got um, – I have the Live Golf website pulled up right now, and I'm on Me the too. leaderboard. You have a category said teams with the crushers right now at minus 10 leading the smash GC and the four aces GC minus both minus seven. And then you have the section for the players where obviously Kokrak uh, and Casey are tied tied at at, at the top. So which one is worth paying to pay attention to more? What am I putting more stock in? Am I putting more stock in the team's performance and who wins? Or am I putting more stock in the players who win? I, I got to be honest with you, man. We're going to have to figure this out together because I don't know. I know that there is an individual winner for each tournament, um, and the purses are probably pretty fat, if I were to assume. Um, but then they do have the teams, and I think you know if you win this tournament, it goes towards it gives you a better chance to win the championship. Um, and I just think it's it's probably if I were to guess combined score. Um, just based off, I don't think it's average. I think it's combined score um, of all three or four guys on the team. Looking at the crushers, there's four guys. This website is just such a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Sma- it's. I'm, I'm on Smash right now, and they've got both Kepka's, Matthew Wolf, and Kokrak. And Kokrak's obviously leading in terms of the players. Well, three three players out of the four count towards count towards your total apparently, um, and they are they are let's see, what's par seventy one, so yeah he was minus six, he was minus three that's nine and he yeah so it's combined score just looking at it right okay. now, Paul Casey was minus six. Charles Howe is minus three. That equals nine. And then whoever this Lahiri was minus one. That equals ten. So it's just combined score of three out of four golfers. Only three count towards it because Bryson was one over. And by the way, Bryson, another thing, another note I took, believe it or not, was that Bryson still doesn't look fully healthy. Something to look for, especially, you know, with them being allowed to play majors. Uh, 
I'm sure he'll he'll do his best to play in each one. Um, Phil, it looked like from the highlights I watched, Phil started the day off well and then kind of fell apart. You mentioned he looks manic and has for a while. I mean, this has to just be weighing on him, man. He looks like he has absolutely no joy in playing golf. And we've seen this even in his last bit uh, on the PGA where, I mean, I know he won in 2021, but he just looks like he's not having any fun and he has some really piss poor rounds of golf. Yeah, I truly think the last time that Phil had fun playing golf was that PGA championship back in 21. Um, and I just think you're Which seeing came out of nowhere, by the way, I just think you're seeing like DJ, you put him anywhere and he's going to have fun playing golf. Cause he just doesn't give a fuck. But guys that care a little bit more about their legacy and whatnot, it's just like, I think you're seeing Phil, the unfolding of him realizing he made the biggest mistake ever. And yeah. he was going to try and call the PGA's bluff. And there's a million lawsuits tied up in court. And we're going to have to see how this shit folds out. But right now, he's not allowed to play on the PGA Tour. And I think he's really regretting it. Legacy is so interesting in all of sports. You know, we talk about it in, in regards to these NBA players who have you know, ask for trades and demanded trades and are switching teams. And how does that compare to the Kobe's and, you know, the MJ's and all of that. And then baseball, what records matter and, you know, legacy in terms of championships and records all on down the line in the NFL too. Legacy in golf is very interesting time because it's only been able to be tied to one thing, major tournament wins. Right. So when that is something that's now a little bit put on the back burner and you have this, you have these players that are playing away from the public eye or most of the public eyes in, in this live tournament or on this tour, rather you're, it's almost like, well, how can you flip the switch? How can you play a tournament knowing that you are making hand over fist in money plus whatever money you get from potentially winning the tournament and immediately flip that switch with full intensity and go into Augusta or go into the PGA or go into the U S open or the, or the open championship. Like the psychology of these players and the trends that I'm going to be looking for to see how these guys adjust from the very laissez faire to use your term atmosphere of a live tournament to a major championship is going to be fascinating. It truly is. I mean, I'm just looking at DJ right now, and this is just unbelievable. I mean, last year, right, London, he finishes fifth, and then he goes on, and then he just, every time he's in the top ten, literally every time all these tournaments, he's in the top ten except for one tournament in Bangkok. Maybe he doesn't like Bangkok. I don't know. But he was still minus nine. This is truly a hit and giggle. You're not going to see any, like his his worst score total was minus nine. Um, and his team, by the way, won one, two, three, four events in a row. And they obviously won the championship last year. It's just, it, you got to take it for what it is. We're going to try and talk about it and see how it goes. Well, I think what we can do is, again, you know, the podcast and the folks that are talking about golf in this spectrum are people who have allegiances to the PGA Tour and players on the PGA Tour. And obviously there is a rift between players on the PGA Tour and players in the, who, who fled to live. So you and I, even though you are very much a PGA purist, and I've always obviously golf for me has always been only the PGA Tour, but we can give this its due. And I think we can be fair, very fair in terms of critiquing 
both the on-air side of it, the golf side of it, the, uh, you know, kind of the pageantry lack thereof of it uh, in regards to how we watch tournaments every weekend, right, on the yep. PGA. I will say from a broadcast perspective, it was fine. I mean, I, sure. I like Faraday, um, and it's just, like, they sounded like, they the the voices sounded familiar and it just sounded like a golf tournament in that sense minus the the DJ playing whatever blaring you know Dulapia in the background or however you say her name. Um, aside from that, I, it did sound like a true golf tournament, but the only thing was, and they have to do it. They were kind of over exaggerating on all the shots because it's like, dude, this course is a joke. Yeah. Yeah, and if that's how they're gonna try to make these tournaments where they make the courses super super easy it's going to be obviously a fabricated product. Yep. So yeah. Talk, uh, talking about it. Who do you think? I mean, a couple other examples. I just can't believe Brooks Koepka's brother's still on tour. He's terrible. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I, and also I wrote down that I find myself self still somehow. I just can't lose him. I can't shake him. I'm still rooting for Brooks and I always will. I think I want to talk about Brooks more so in relation to when we, uh, when he we recap sucks. the first two episodes, <sighs> I was a Brooks guy, true and true, like 2017, 2018 range. When he won back to back U.S. Opens, he was built like a fucking linebacker. Yeah, and he's I also got, lo- he's got four majors, dude. Two yeah, I PGAs, know, I know. two U.S. Opens. Unbelievable. So when I was starting to kind of like learn a little bit more and then obviously in 2020 when golf was the only thing we could talk about prior to the other sports coming back brooks was kind of the guy i I hitched my wagon to and you know in addition to his prowess on the course i also loved that rivalry that he had with bryson so i I thought that was kind of fun and i always took brooks aside but man he does not look good and i don't know what the fate lies for him i feel like he kind of you know, we'll talk more about it, but getting from that second episode of of Full Swing, he seems like he's compulsively obsessed with winning on the, you know, and playing the best golf of his life, knowing what it was like to be number one there. Yeah. So now which to is, play in a, in a league like this is really weird. Yeah, which is, it's almost like he needs he needs to get a sports psychologist or something because unless your name is Tiger Woods, you're gonna your win percentage if you look up PGA Tour, I think is I mean, I think Rory's just below ten percent and then the rest of the guys are probably at around five percent. So it's like some of the greatest players in the world are only winning, you know, five to eight percent of their tournaments. Like you need to you need to kind of compartmentalize that and realize where you're at and know that you you still good enough to get hot for a week but now the problem is that he doesn't even have a chance to do that anymore he threw that away by going on this tour yeah and that's what sucks is that's a guy you would love to see how he battles through his his issues injuries and his mindset and you just couldn't putt anymore and it's like you can turn that around and that's where i question his dedication to his craft at this point by playing on this tour. I agree. I think the money was just, it got to a point, you know, because he was one of the guys that was adamantly against it at the beginning. And then obviously I think he did more of a 180 and stuck his foot right in his mouth more than anybody else. When they threw that money down on the table. Well, let me ask you this. Let's, let's play this out. This hypothetical. 
if he was continuing, I'm not going to say continuing to be at the track that he was on because that was a, a historic run he was on. But let's just say he was continuing to finish, you know, top five, top ten in a lot of tournaments, and he wasn't as oft injured as he has been. Does he make this move to list? In your opinion. I think if he was in a better position when this live thing came about, it'd be an absolute no, no matter the amount of money. Cause he would have been like, knowing how confident he is, he would have been like, fuck it. I'll make it back just winning tournaments. But yeah. he was down in the dumps. And I think the combination of that and just that guaranteed bread, just that's why he's here. That's why a lot of those guys are here, man. If not Agreed. all. Um, last thing I took away from the first round um, aside from Kokrak just putting and chipping his dick off um, and Cam Smith just scrambling like crazy and DJ, who I think is going to win this tournament outright. Um, I, I said it to myself. I wouldn't do it, but it did cross my mind that I would trade soy for Louis Ustase and swing, but I won't do it. <laughs> you can't even let you do it. It's so perfect, dude. It's just such a perfect swing. Um, and I know he's only got one major, and he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But God, that swing is so pure. Oh man, that's funny. Well, hey, maybe, maybe we listen. Would. Maybe if I if I win the lottery, I bet you if I pay enough money, I could get you know. Now that he's employed by these live people, I bet you if I pay enough money, I could probably get a lesson from him. I have no doubt that you could. <laughs> Shit, man. I mean, I think if Michaela, I mean, listen, I know soy is a, a very precious addition to the household, but. If you got Louis Ustays in swing and you started making some bread on the tour, I mean, she might she might say that's a trade worth making. Ah, uh, I don't I I don't even think it's a trade worth making. That's that's my guy. Uh, all right, all right, man. Let's talk let's talk full swing real quickly. We're gonna be back tomorrow to recap round two, and then we're gonna be back tomorrow again to recap the eventual winner in round three. Thank God. Um, I'll look at the schedule. We only have to do this. Uh, what? A couple of times, I hope. <laughs> I think there's a lot more. When you first said, I thought I counted like 16 tournaments. Um, let me look at the schedule. All the way through November. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. That's still not okay. terrible given how how often the PGA is on. I think we'll try and do this for the majors, but we're not going to do every PGA yeah. event. Maybe some elevated events as well, maybe the tour playoffs. But right now we're going to stick with Liv and the majors to start uh, just because nobody's talking about Liv. My final question for you is who's winning this tournament in your eyes on Sunday? I mean, Dustin Johnson is probably the best pick just from the way he was striking the ball yesterday. Um, so I think I'm going to ride with DJ, especially just because he is so he is so absolutely calculated and dominant as tournaments go on. Uh, and I think he's just out of this entire field. I think he's the best. Okay, what team's going to win for you? Well. Some of these teams, by the way, I do want to say these names are hysterical. Um, <laughs> I, I just I, I have to say that um, I'm going to go with Smash. Ooh, Smash Brooks. Brooks. Brooks team. Yeah. Okay. I am. Well, because I am, they also have they also have the current leader player on the leaderboard 
right now with uh, Kokrak. So true. I am gonna go with the Rippers. I think I think Camp Smith had his worst round by far in the first round. Will you pledge your allegiance to any one team? I will, and I think we both should, but I won't do it right now. Fair. I don't want to, but I'll begrudgingly play these reindeer games. <laughs> we but have I to. Do it right now. All right, let's talk about Full Swing Episodes 1 and 2. Uh, if you guys are current, you know, long-time listeners, you know how hard it is to convince Sean. It's, if you want him to listen to a podcast or read an article, done within within the next day. But for some reason, the visual part of it, you, you really struggle with it. So it is quite a quite an achievement to get you to watch something. You're two episodes in, in full swing. Uh, let's talk about the first two. How do you feel? I like it. Um I like it. And by the way, you can convince me to do this when I know we're going to be talking about it. It gives me a different level of incentive. Um, other things, uh, not so much. And I only have X amount of bandwidth. Um, but I will say I enjoyed it. I really liked episode one with the frenemies. I think they titled it uh, that relationship between Thomas and uh, and Jordan Spieth and you know, culminating with Thomas winning the PGA in 2022 i thought that was just really cool i thought it was really well done you get the relationship of him and his father uh which is great uh a lot of you know obviously several generations of golf in that family uh and you see speed's demons you know he he he's such an accomplished player he's so good but there's something there man i mean he's he's just completely fallen fallen by the wayside well he did between i want to say like 2019 and 2021 but he has made a major comeback and figured a few things out and he basically well, he just won admitted that one in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, he basically just admitted my swing is not the same as it was back then. I just have to make a few adjustments adjustments. Um and I just love the honesty out of him. I mean, he goes on a lot. He goes on not laying up and he was super honest and we'd love to have him on here. He can be as honest as he wants. Uh um he just he he really talks about the swing and his mental state like a lot of golfers don't. Which is very refreshing. Out of out of a series like this, this is what I want from a series like this. I want transparency, honesty, and just you know raw emotion and conversation. You're gonna, I don't want manufactured bullshit. You're gonna really enjoy. Anywhere. You're really gonna enjoy the Joel Damon one, who's now by far Michaela's favorite golfer. That's her guy. He was the one that went shirtless after the after him the and Higgs. Win, right? Yeah, who's yeah. Higgs is Higgs is his career is in jeopardy, and he may be moving on to live unless he figures it out. I think he was. I checked the Honda Classic standings. He was like plus thirteen through two through two rounds. Oof. Um, yeah, you're really gonna like the um, the Joel Damon one, and you're gonna love the Tony Finau one. Well, Finau, I know is your boy. So. Yeah, everything. Let me just say, I think that was episode seven or something. I have a few left. Episode six. Uh, everything was reassured for my love for him. He's he's just seems like an awesome guy. Um, but yeah, those the first episode, it it was it was really cool because it you knew what was going to be the ending. You you knew that JT was going to win the PGA, but just the lead up to it and everything was so cool for them to be able to get that kind of footage. And like I said, very charitable guy. Did you happen to take a look at the screen in CVS where he donated the the extra twenty sure cents did. or whatever to charity? He loaded up on that allergy medicine, man. Feels like me in about a month. Yeah, once the allergies get really bad. Yeah, well, that was about that time in a, in a month or two. Um, and they were in Tulsa, so not too far from where I'm at. 
Yeah, I know, dude. You're in a you're in a very good spot for golf tournaments. I'd love to see you go to one or two, especially the Dell. It's right in your backyard. I know Dell is literally it's like right near the uh, the 360 bridge in Mount Bunnell. It's like probably like oh yeah, years. I know. Yeah, I got you right near the three. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know the famous 360 bridge in Austin. <laughs> Come on. What does that mean? Does the bridge spin around? No, it does not. But that's the that's the name of the bridge. Oh, so. stupid name so then. Get like. 360 air like the entire city i thought it would be more of like a uh, a rotating drawbridge no but it's right on the it's right on the colorado river it's really pretty wow very nice very nice well i think it's snowing in new york right now so or connecticut Gross. basically new york um yeah so what'd you think of episode two i thought the brooks thing was was cool uh, i love brooks so i love brooks content he's got a very pretty wife Oh, absolutely. Good for him. Um, the house, too, not too bad uh, down there in Florida. He's made a lot but, of money. Oh, he's done just fine. And I he just the, made a uh, lot more. Yeah, he, he sure shit has. I love the, the trophy case, how he built that, and he left. He's like, I'm only showing the big ones, and he has all of the empty shelves for you know ones that he'll eventually win. But here's what I took from that. He, I was fascinated with the psychology of – a PGA golfer will now live, but a professional golfer and just how emotionally taxing and mentally taxing that sport is and how you can go from being in an absolute zone to being lost. I use this analogy on a pod either last week or the week before talking about, it reminds me so much of pitchers and hitters in baseball where you could go from throwing strikes nonstop and just having the confidence of I'm getting you out to the point where you can't, you can't throw the ball over the plate or you can't get anybody out or in baseball, you know, hitting the tar out of the ball every time up and then just looking absolutely lost for a month and having to get your swing back. It's very similar. And the psychological aspect of you're playing against yourself. Yes. There's other people on the course and you're trying to win tournaments, but you're really, you're ultimately playing against yourself and it's, it's a real challenge. Um, I think at the most part, what I love about it is just being in the field in which I'm in the, the combination of sports psychology mixed with biomechanics and health, you know, him talking about his injuries. It's really hard to feel comfortable when you're not healthy and you're searching for answers from swing to swing, from hole to hole. Um, and you can see when he came back from the waste management and he's, or maybe it was Augusta and he's sitting with his wife and, you know, she's showing him what she's going to put on and the different, the, the different uh, clothes. And he's just like lost in his thought of how poorly he played. Now he pissed away a tournament. So I found that all very compelling. Yeah. He's a lost boy right now. I hope he can turn it around. I do think at some point that there's going to be a, I don't want to say an alliance, but these guys are going to be allowed back. Um, some of them, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. This is very fluid. Um, what did you take from that episode? Everything you said, just how lost he is, and and it, the psychology is very interesting. I hearken it to specifically a baseball closer, where outside of Mariano, you go outside of Tiger Woods in golf, you go outside of Mariano in baseball, where it's like, look at uh, Edwin Diaz, perfect example. He's electric. I mean, he's leading the league in saves in Seattle. Then he comes to New York. So the the lights are a little too bright for him. He has what one or two was it two seasons that were pretty down by his standards, and then he comes back next year, and now he's the first hundred million dollar closer ever. 
Great analogy. Yep, perfectly said. And and that's a guy whose career was definitely hanging in the balance, right? And, and now he's back to as good as ever. And yeah, it's fascinating. And I don't know, man, the, the sports psychology, that's what I love so much about Homa talking about the relationship he's built with his sports psychologist and what, what she's done to help him improve. And you see him on the course. He just plays with this un, unmatched confidence at this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's my favorite. You know that. He's he's locked into the foursome for life. Um, any other thoughts? Or are we going to hang it up and uh, talk more about it tomorrow morning? Uh, I'll leave and say this. I'm becoming a huge, huge Scotty Scheffler fan. Oh, he's the man. He really is. Yeah. All right, so. man. That about wraps it up. I hope everybody enjoyed this. We're just putting out more content for the people. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow morning. We will. Take care, everybody. Enjoy round two if you're watching. Yeah, right.